It's great to see you all. Uh, my name is Rob. I'm the pastor here in Holy Trinity. For those who have been away for the summer, welcome back. Did you all have a good holiday? Yeah, good time away. I know over the next few weeks, people will be coming back. And I see on Facebook and Instagram and to the various messages, people have had a, a great holiday. So that's so good. And some people are still away. Before the summer, we did a series of talks, you might remember, before the, the series we've just finished, we did a series of talks which was entitled Invited to the Table, which is behind me here. We, and I know some people here are visiting or exploring or looking at Holy Trinity and seeing what it's like, and so for some of you this will be new, but I want to remind us just what we had said we would do as a church, because I know with the summer and everything else that's happening, we can often forget. But we did this series, Invited to the Table, before the summer with a real sense that we as a church community wanted to enter into a new season of inviting afresh people into the life and the ministry and the vision of the church. And life has shifted quite a lot, particularly for myself and Dillis as my wife, who's been leading the service. As heretofore, I just led this community at 12 o'clock, but the Archbishop has asked me and ultimately us to lead the entire parish, all three congregations, along with all the various ministries, uh, primary schools and nursing homes and um, the local hospice and everything else that I have the privilege of doing. And so we felt that it was important that we refreshed ourselves on the vision and the values of the church. And it's always so interesting when you do a series on vision. It's so easy for it to become an academic exercise. It's so easy to drift back into, into one person with a concept which, if left in that conceptual stage, never becomes the reality of the people of God. And so this Invited to the Table series was a very physical and real invitation to participate in the values that God had placed and to mine them, to learn them. And I, and I know for many of us that uh, they can often drift away. And so I said that in the first week of September I would come back and we would continue in looking at what Jesus was leading us in in this new season of looking afresh at what God is calling us into. And a reminder of, of these values, which, as I said, every Sunday I was speaking in May and in the first week of June, they were not just words, they were, they were a sense of what God was saying to us and how we were to live this out. There's five ideas of what God was calling us into. This idea, which unfortunately in many churches doesn't remain at the top, it, it gets lost, is that everything we do and everyone you are or who you come in contact with, who you are, has to be on this, built on this bedrock foundation of being sustained by God's love. And what does that mean? It's so easy to live as a Christian or someone who's seeking Jesus uh, in a legalistic way where it becomes about what defines you is what you do. That's all important, your jobs and where you are working, but the aspect of grace, and it's God's grace as a son and as a daughter that actually defines 
who you are. And from that place of sustenance, of love, of acceptance, all belong into that place. The other ones, just really briefly, are that we really want to be a community that isn't insular, but reaches out, that actually has a, a passion to actually love those around us, especially those who are very different to us, so we would be outward-reaching. We'd be a diverse community. If you look around, there is a significant diversity, but our heart is for more diversity in the coming season, but yet unified around Jesus, the body unified around Jesus. And lastly, old and new, we have a, a congregation of an elderly congregation at 10.30 and 8.30, and we have a, a newer expression here at 12 o'clock that we would be old and new together, but not just physically old and new people. We remember we have a history, we have a past. The church comes from the very ministry of Jesus, but needs to be expressed afresh in our time today. And then lastly, we would be a community that serves and loves the city. And that means your work matters. Your work matters to God wherever you are. If you're a student, a secondary school student, a primary school student, a job seeker, a, someone, a solicitor, barrister, teacher, a mother, uh, whatever it is, that your work matters to God and God matters to your work and that we want to be a community that actually epitomizes all these things. And so it's so easy to have a vision and a value series where you're invited in that just becomes about words. But we're going to continue to actually look afresh at how these work out in our lives, how they don't just become a slide or a person articulating one and a few values, but actually how we begin to really holistically work these through as a community. And I said I would get back to you. I made that promise in the last talk I did in the first week of June that I would get back to you after we had spent some time in prayer and reflection and listening, but also action. I had said that to you, and we had said to each other that we would have a time of looking afresh together at how these actively will work out in this coming season. And so, over the summer in particular, I've spent an awful lot of time in prayer, in reflection, but also meeting a lot of people and listening. Listening because it's through the body, it's through the people. It's not in the New Testament, it's it's holistic view of the people of God expressing the vision of God collectively. And so as a leader, it's incumbent upon me to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Yes, to lead, yes, to bring vision, but equally listen to what the Spirit is saying to the church. And so I did that, but I also had some times of my own retreat over the summer. And there was one particular time which was <laughs> um, a significant time, I believe, both for me personally, but also for our, our church. Um, I was, we went to Italy as part of our holidays. Anyone else go to Italy on the holidays this year? Walter and Charles, yeah, great. Oh, and yourself, Brian. It was, it was very enjoyable. I know some other of you went to other parts of Europe. We went to Italy for a couple of weeks, but we also went to the west of Ireland for a couple of weeks, and we were back there a week ago. And a place that I've always wanted to go to, and Ethan loves this, okay, because I get to say this publicly without any offense. I've always wanted to go to St. Feckin's Church. St. Feckin's Church on Omi Island, uh, which is off Connemara. Has anyone heard of St. Feckin's Church? No. 
Ethan has. <laughs> Jacob has. Um, the reason I've wanted to go there is uh, twofold. Um, St. Fekin, very, I can keep saying it, it's so good. Um, this Irish saint um, was an incredible man because he was very different to the other Irish saints in that he, uh, his name comes from the term Little Raven. And his passion and his ministry was for change in the church. And the reason his name is, is St. Fekin, it comes from Little Raven, is from the raven that Noah sent out uh, in looking for new land after the flood. And the raven, it said, circled for 40 days looking for new land, looking for change, looking for a new season. And that's something very deep in my own heart because I believe that church in Ireland is going through huge change. But the second reason I've always wanted to go is that there is a well on Omi Island, which is where St. Fekin lived, and it's the only natural aquifer well uh, in, in Ireland, or one of them. And an aquifer is where the water bubbles up through the rock. It's where the rock is, is permeable, and the water bubbles up through the rock. And there's a beautiful image where this island where he lived is surrounded by salt water, but actually in the middle is fresh water that comes through the most, uh, what seems to be impossible of situations. And that's why he lived there, was because there was a fresh water supply surrounded uh, by something you couldn't drink. And he wrote a lot about the need for relying on God's grace, the need for to be constantly changing and pursuing and chasing after God. He wrote an awful lot from Omi Island. And so I went to this island, um, you have to drive across it, it's, it's tidal, um, so you can only go across when the tide is out. So we drove across and we parked our car and I said to the family, my brother was there too with his family, I said, who wants to go and visit St. Fekin's church? And everyone said, no, that's fine. So they all went for a nice walk to the coastland and I walked over to uh, where his, his church was to the right side of the island. And I found myself in this place where there is a church which is now dilapidated. It's uh, no longer really visible at the church. There is some walls. But there's something really interesting about this church that struck me, which I think is something which is for us to hear in Holy Trinity, maybe even wider what's happening in our country today. The church that St. Fecken built was a place which was for renewal, it was a place where people would drink from this aquifer, where they would be sustained by something fresh. But the church was covered by sand for the guts of a thousand years, and no one could find it. Um, arch architects looked in the various places where they thought it should be. And so for hundreds of years, they couldn't find it. But one day, a farmer who was looking for some of his sheep, he tripped over a piece of rock. And he landed flat on his face, and he said, I don't remember that piece of rock being there. And so he talked to his friends, and he said, there's a piece of rock I've never noticed before. Let's have a look. So they dug down, and they dug down. And it turned out to be the top of the church. And they dug some more, and they, they found this whole a church a settlement that had been covered over by the sand over the years. And as I was there, and as I was praying, and as I was reflecting on just where we're at as a church, where we're at in this, in this island right now, 
I was just really reminded that something afresh needs to be uncovered again, not just for us, but in this and on this island in the church. I believe we're in a season of God uncovering, as those farmers did, just normal natural people uncovering, digging afresh of what the church is meant to be. And Holy Trinity is really called to be part of that, as many others are, uncovering this natural aquifer, uncovering what the church is meant to be. And I think we're in a time of great change in Ireland. I don't want to go into too much into what happened with the Pope's visit because we all have different responses to that. But I will say one thing which um, I believe what, what he said is very important and we're all calling for action now and that's vitally important. But he said this one thing privately which became public afterwards. He was to, speaking to a group of Jesuit priests. He said this, and I think there's a slide there, Hannah. He said, we live not just in an era of change, but in a change of an era. We live not just in an era of change, but in a change of an era. And I think that speaks very specifically to what we can see going on in our culture today. And I actually think most of it is, is really good, especially in uncovering the church, and that's really important. And so this idea of uncovering the church again, and this invited to the table, this uh, bringing you in to the vision of the church is in an attempt as the Spirit is leading us to look afresh of what the church should be, of what we should be as the church in this change of an era. And one of the scriptures that really struck me as I was reflecting on this change over our last sermon series, when a lot of you were away, when we looked at Corinthians and Ephesians, is this scripture from 1 Corinthians 8, which I think sums up so much of what the church, what we need to get back to as the church. 1 Corinthians 8, which is hidden in the midst of everything else in Corinthians says, yes, we know that we all have knowledge. But while knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much, but the person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. And at its very high level, in its most upper expression, the church must be defined by love, and we in Holy Trinity must be defined by that. And so it begs the question then, what does that look like for us as a community? Does it look like coming along for an hour on Sunday? Does it look like just going through the motions throughout our week? Or does it look as a community uncovering what the church is meant to be? Does it look like those farmers digging afresh together to reveal what it is we're meant to be? It's an active thing not a passive uh, expression. And Paul was trying to say in this that it, everyone had a philosophy, everyone had an idea, everyone had a thought of what the church should be. But Paul was saying it's love that strengthens the church. And after this time of prayer, listening, talking, hearing from you, but also a sense from you that there needed to be some action in the expression of this love, there needed to be more involvement in this. A scripture which a lot of you have shared with me independently 
is from Hebrews 10:25, which says this, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now I've heard that scripture seated where you are. I was part of a church for nine years. I was in the workplace. I was uh, just not a pastor. And I've heard this scripture being used as like, you must come to this and you must do that. But if you park that first section of it, which is important, but you actually mine the second part, which is encouraging each other. I think in Ireland right now, encouragement is so important. For us right now as in a community, encouragement is so important, encouraging each other. And so what we've tried to do after going through the, the, the looking at the invite to the table, what we've tried to do, really, really listening to God and spending some time with looking what we're doing, is we are excited to present a whole new rhythm of how this church will interact with each other throughout the week. We want to be a community that doesn't add more activities because life is busy. We don't want to be a church that sucks you out of where God has you. We don't want to be a church that burns people out. We don't want to be a church that just is constantly a, ho a holy huddle where the same people come together. But we do want to be a church that actually meets with each other, but also invites others into that place of love and experiencing God's love through Jesus. And so what I'd love you to do really practically um, is you would have all received uh, on the way in, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to, we're going to just look at that together. Um, so if you want to open that up, and if you want to just make sure you have a copy in front of you there, if anyone doesn't have access to one, uh, Ingrid will pass them out. Do you guys have one over here, or at least can see one? So, <laughs> this isn't the normal thing that you do in church during a sermon. It's, it's a, there's, a, there's a level of, of, of you participating in, in what I'm doing now, especially in communion. You'll see there that the introduction on the first page is essentially an introduction into why we're doing what we're doing as we're uncovering what it means to be Holy Trinity. We want to be a place that creates opportunities to grow in our faith and relationships midweek. So our hope is that these meetings will complement and enhance our Sunday gatherings, but also invite others along into it. If you turn to the middle of the book bullet, there's weekly groups. A lot of you have been saying to me, and I know some of you are visiting, I'm just coming, and this might be a great opportunity for you to get plugged in, but a lot of you have been saying, Rob, we, we kind of feel we need to go deeper into God's Word. We kind of feel that, uh, yes, we're invited to the table, and yes, we have all these values, but what does that actually mean as expressed through the Word of God? And so we are excited to announce that we're going to be launching three new community groups, and you have the details there, Gordon and Sandra, Mark and Kathy, myself and Dillis. Something else that I received a lot of emails from was that people were saying, Rob, we want to be a community that reaches out. We want to be a community that doesn't just do what God put on our heart when the church was started. We want to be a community that actually seeks now what God is calling to us now and let the body discern that together. 
And so really excited that on the 16th of September, we'll have a joint service where we'll have an outside speaker. We'll be speaking about outreach and mission and community. And then after that, we'll have an opportunity over three weeks for you to come and actually hear more about that, but also express what you would like to see us doing as a community. Again, uncovering what the church is meant to be. Other thing is, people say, we have, a, we have a passion for prayer. We feel as a community we need to deepen in prayer, but we feel we need to be equipped in that. So from November, we're going to have four weeks on prayer. So excited for number four to say that uh, Scott Evans will be starting a brand new young adult ministry midweek, starting on the 13th, a place to grow in faith, be supported and reach out. And myself and Dillis will be helping with that in the outset, but Scott, it's so exciting. With Christina, um, both of them together to hear this vision of what God's put in their heart. And then lastly, a parenting course. And then monthly and quarterly groups. People are saying, can't always make it to Sundays, uh, but I'd love to have a place to worship and pray. And so we have these dates to come together to worship uh, outside of a Sunday. Some people say we'd love to do something as simple as a book club. And so delighted to say we're going to be starting um, a book club, just something totally social. And then lastly, we have a men's weekend away with the dates there. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking a lot about this. And I just want to say a, a few things before we invite the team up and we, we go into communion. Is that I have been in a church as a, as a member, as a congregant member. I've been in that place where life is busy, things are going on, but I've also been in a place where, where you are and where we are together with a sense, a deepening sense of we need to grow as a community and we need to press in. And so we have created these, they're short-term bursts, nothing will be happening at the same time, they're staggered. So then in each week, there won't be like multiple things going on. There'll be one midweek thing going on, which means it's accessible for you. And I really encourage you to not just leave that sheet somewhere, and that's all very nice. I invite you to the table and invite you to actually dig and uncover with me in this next season and with us.